There are four basic rules to choosing your career. The work has to be the reward. An interesting career is better than a fun career. A career doesn't have to be a straight line and beware of unhealthy passions. My dream for you is to learn about how careers are built. Each interview shares some gems. Sit back and enjoy. Welcome everyone to Thinking About Building Your Career. This podcast is sponsored by One Jazzy Life. I developed this podcast for all of you athletes out there who are not going pro in your sport. You might've been in band, you might've been in uh, figure skating, you might've been in tennis, you might've been in swimming, you might've been in volleyball, basketball, softball, whatever your sport is, and you may not be going pro in it, Thinking About Building Your Career is a podcast for you to help you do exactly that, thinking about building your career. I'm Janice Saunders, certified professional life coach from New York University, and I have been coaching young people uh, in speaking skills that you can use to build your career. And this podcast is an outgrowth of that. And today we are welcoming Ashea Smith, who is the owner of a luxury cosmetics brand. And that cosmetics brand is Beauty by Ashea. So I wanna say welcome to you, Ashea, and thank you for joining us on Thinking About Building Your Career. This has been a wonderful journey and I would like to just get to know you a little bit better. How did you, uh, you know, go about getting started, you know, when you were in high school and you were thinking about going to college, how did you come about your college decision and, and uh, major choice? Um, hi, everybody. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm so excited for the topic. I think that this is something we definitely need to be kind of um, having having these conversations with our young people because I feel like it's such a um, it's such a sensitive time. Um, you know, people are deciding whether it's actually worth it to go to college and people are deciding like, should I be starting a business? I'm 20. Should I have had a business by now? I'm 30. Should I, am I behind on my business? Um, and so I feel like this topic is so prevalent right now. So it's, it's great that we're talking about this. Um, when I was in high school, I need the world to know that I definitely was not on any real road <laughs> to be specific. Like, um, I was very much like into my friends and sort of just into like neighborhood sort of debauchery when I was in the 10th grade and it was somewhere around the 11th grade where I was like holy smokes like I have no real journey you know around the end of the 11th grade your guidance counselors are like do you have any idea you're behind on this in the 11th grade like oh my gosh and that kind of shook me up a little bit so I guess I have to thank them for that but um, I definitely didn't have like a clear path some people are like by senior year I'm going to Spelman I'm going to do this that definitely was not me um and also, you know, I was just like the very casual student. I wasn't super scholastic or anything like that. Um, the only thing I really did have to my advantage was my art. And it was my art that took me through high school as well as um, what ended up getting me into college. And so when I had graduated high school, this was in 2009, um, and I had a conversation with my family and they were trying to figure out what I should do. And I really had no real idea 
And we had come to the conclusion that I should stick with something that was like natural to me, something that I didn't have to force. Again, I wasn't scholastic. I didn't have grades, to be honest with you. And it was just kind of like, well, don't you do art? It was something I had done for so long that it never even occurred to me that it was something that I could make a profit off of or something that I could monetize in any way. It was just something that I did since I was a baby and I had always been doing it. And somebody was like, hello, why don't you go to school for art? And then I was like, that's amazing. And I was like, wait, but I'll one up you. How about I go for fashion? So I'd never sewn before. I had never done a collection before. I had never went fabric shopping. And um, what I did was I applied to FIT and the day that I decided I was going to apply, I was like, I have to start working on my portfolio now because I know I don't got the grades. So I did that. I took a whole summer off, locked myself in my room. My mother can attest to the story, locked myself in my room did my art. I worked on my portfolio. I gathered all my sketches. I created a collection. I had went to the fabric store for the first time ever. And I taught myself how to sew. I mean, if I had to do it again, I don't even think I'd make it to be honest with you. But um, I taught myself how to sew over that summer. And I just really took my time because I knew people applying were going to probably be 10 times better than me. And um, anywho, the effort and time that I put into my portfolio, as well as my writing essay, as well as my art and my garments got me accepted. And that definitely opened up uh, a road for me to so many opportunities and so many oppor uh, so many um, positions that I had within the fashion industry that had that would never even be open to me if I didn't um, go to school. If I had to give a tip, I would say definitely go to a trade school, something that you can use your hands and something that someone would hire you for immediately. Or if art history is calling your name, then just do art history or take political science if that's where your heart is taking you. But um, that's just. <laughs> I love this, this, this description of your life because this early part of your life, because it is many people's description. You know, they don't really have a set journey from day one and you get literally shook it by 11th grade. And, you know, you're like, oh, wow, this really is going on. I am going to have to decide how to take care of myself. Ton of bricks. Mm -hmm. I can actually go about building a career so I can live my one jazzy life, right? Yes. And, you know, that is, that's something that I, I like the conversation you had with your family because your family didn't push you in a direction that wasn't natural for you. Absolutely. Everybody may not have a natural talent of art, but everybody has something. And college, and I'm glad you, you said education opened a lot of doors for you because I'm one of those people who really believes in education as a way to figure out kind of what you're interested in. You know, and, and the fact that you can see how college opened up this door for you is a, a great vision because a lot of times, you know, you may see college as what your parents did or what your parents got out of college, if your parents went to college, if you were that lucky to have parents who have gone to college and you can see how your, their career blossomed, but you had the opportunity to see for yourself what college, what opportunities college opened up for you. So, you know, tell me about those, those opportunities that college opened up for you. I mean, was it what you thought was gonna happen? 
or was it just something completely different? Great question. So, um, um, I would say a little bit of both. I, uh, went to high school in New Jersey. So for whatever reason, I had this like college in my mind that was like lots of grass and very spacious and very clicky. And like, you would make friends on the first day. And like, I kind of did have these perceptions about college that kind of made its way into my head. But then when I actually got accepted into what was meant to be for me, which was FIT, um, it was very concrete. Uh, people work very hard at FIT. There are no cliques. There are no college parties. Um, people barely go out to, I mean, I mean, we would pretty much just have lunch together between draping class because we had a class from, you know, nine to 12 and then from one to four. And that was like as crazy as my week got beside all the work that I had to do. So I would say it's a little bit of both. Like in my mind, I thought there would definitely be a more college vibe, but what I ended up doing was having to work really hard. But that did bring me a lot of opportunities because there's a lot of connections when you go to when you start to, you know, involve yourself into the education and you're going to meet a lot of people who will bring you opportunities. And um, personally, my journey to that was I pretty much the day I got accepted, it was probably a semester or so after that I started interning because I just didn't know if I was going to graduate. I, you know, my parents were not helping me pay for school. And I just was like, well, I need to grab this bull by the horns because I might not make it to see graduation day, which I did in 2017, thank God. But um, so, yeah, I started interning immediately and I just got as many as much experience under my belt as I could. And I kept all my connections nice and squeaky clean. You know, um, you know, I went out of my way to keep in touch with people. And those connections actually did build up over time. I mean, when I was interning, when I was you know, 19 or 20 or whatever ended up being some of the trade shows that I were doing when I was 24, you know, so I would definitely keep that um, in mind as you're going through education, just trying to grab as much as you can. And again, I'm just not a scholastic person, but luckily it was art school. But my thing was definitely networking that worked for me. And even to this day, I still have jobs and gigs that I would have never gotten if it weren't for me sort of putting that in place years ago. Well, let's talk a little bit about networking because, you know, networking is one of those words that scares people. And it scares mm. some people because people feel as though they are introverts. Mm. And I would almost consider myself an introvert when I graduated from college. You know, I've graduated from college many moons ago. And I am not the person that I am today who can go and strike up a conversation with anyone and kind of get into a conversation and talk. And there may be a lot of people who are listening to this podcast who find that difficult for themselves and they don't know how to kind of follow up with people. What would you, what would you share as, a, as some tips? Because that is, uh, it's one of those things that is, it's a hurdle for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, oh, this is hard because I'm a fire sign extrovert. So I guess the best thing that I could say is to, um, let me guess. So wait, say it again. Aries or Sagittarius? Leo, oh, even Leo. worse oh, than okay. that. Oh, you got yeah, it. straight on a hundred, right? Yeah, Just straight to the top. Yes. 100. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> but um, I, honestly, I feel that most people are not that way. So if I had to give some advice, mm -hmm. I would say um, that the best thing you can do is understand that you're there for a reason and that nobody around you is better than you if you're both at the same place. If you're both at the same place, then you belong there. That means that your voice counts. That means that your opinion counts. And just try not to allow hierarchy to get to your head too much, um, especially now. I feel like now they're kind of looking to the young gen generation to be the fire in the room. And even if you're not the fire in the room, I think it's enough to understand that you belong there. And once you accept that you belong there, you'll feel less fear because you're not challenging yourself or the other people around you. And I think that will allow you to sort of drop your shoulders and be yourself. Um, and then, and, and I think in the long run doing that, you will naturally make friends and um, connections and you will be more memorable because people will remember what you said. So if I had to give advice, that's probably the best advice. Yeah, I, you know, I think that that is an excellent piece of it, advice for people and just a tip in general, because, you know, you're right, everybody isn't that fire sign that just completely goes in the room and glows. That is not everyone, but everyone has something that they can share that's valuable. And even if it's a listening skill, you know, when you follow up with somebody, you share what you heard and what they shared and that is it can open up a, a million doors for you because most people are only listening to their own thoughts <laughs> real you know yes where it is and if you have the have the gumption to show that you are actually listening to what someone said you know and follow up with them on how that impacted you i, I mean i think you can go somewhere absolutely I, I think you can go somewhere so that is a you know, that's a great tip. And, I, and you shared so much. And I know in all your experiences, how has mentoring played a role? Oh my gosh, that's a great question. Um, I've had mentors of all types. Um, when I was 19, I was a freshman in college and I would have a sewing class and a pattern making class back to back, which means that I was like finishing patterns and doing measurements, but I also had to work because I just worked so much. Like, honestly, I think I probably worked more than, I'm surprised that I don't have like five, you know, wrinkles across my forehead. But um, I worked so much and um, I do consider this woman, Tracy, my mentor. Um, she wasn't in my field. However, she supported me in everything that I did. And she was also a businesswoman and I was working for her mom and pop shop. And so she would be so kind to me. She would like make sure that they were food in the fridge for me because she knows that I would have to like dash to school right before or after um, a shift she would allow me to like kind of do my patterns in the, in the, in the break room or like, even if it was a slow day, like just bring my sewing. Like if I had to hand sew a hem, cause I had class right after she would let me do that. And um, so she, she definitely um, coached me throughout how to, uh, how to prioritize my time. Um, you know, how to take charge of the challenges that are coming to me in college and, you know, kind of how to, how to deal with those like minuscule battles that you don't even really prepare for because like when it happens, it just happens. And she was just like always there for me. So even though she, her background wasn't fashion, she was, she owned a shoe store, but um, she was a businesswoman herself and her being around 
during that time in my life was a major impact. And honestly, a part of me feels like maybe I wouldn't have made it if it wasn't for her. <laughs> um, but then that, this is another gem that, that you just yeah. shared with people is that number one, a mentor doesn't necessarily have to be in your field to be a mentor. And that, that, is, that is key. A mentor can be in many places in your life. So you, you may reach in your surroundings, but you gravitated to someone who was literally right there. And she happened to be a businesswoman, but you gotta tell me one of those situations you know, that, she, that she walked you through. That was one of those little things that, that, uh, that came up that she just made a difference in. I've gotta hear one of those. I know there's gonna be some serious juice in that so share uh, um I for me it was just like her daily presence but I mean I feel like there's so many little situations like like for example I mean I just feel like her going the extra mile to make sure that I could do what I had to do and do what was important to me um really impacted me you know she would like make sure that I ate because I couldn't you know, travel anywhere else before going to school, you know, and I remember one time I had a midterm and now at FIT midterms are full blown garments. I'm talking about finished seams, finished hem, zippers have to be finished to present to, you know, the director at Ann Klein. Sometimes they would have people come and judge our garments. So like, it was like a big deal. Of course I have work this day or whatever. And she's like, okay, well, um, I'll open the shop for you, you know, if you need to go in and cause I would like have like a little sewing corner there, which she could have totally made a fuss about never did. Um, you know, if you need your sewing supply, I know that you have to do this. I'll open the shop a little early and you can get started and, you know, take your time. Don't worry about it. You know? Um, and even if there are mentors out there listening, I just want you to know that you are recognized because seriously, where would I be without that woman? I mean, also, I can just talk to her about anything. I mean, even to this day, like she's just been just so in my corner and on my team, like it's wild. Like the people that you will meet in your life if you open yourself to those opportunities. And people you, care. You have a team of people, obviously, which is uh, very important for all of us to have is you know a team of people i mean you don't need a whole basketball team of people but you need a team someone in your corner you yeah your, you know i've heard it called many things you need your director's council you need your squad you need your tribe you need your people that you can call that you discuss your personal life with your professional life and the good times the stresses you need to have some people you can call. I mean, it's been said literally that some people don't even have three people that they can call for anything. So, you know, college is, the, is a time, I read a statistic once where it said that college is a time where you have access, before you're 25, you have access to the most contacts that you will ever have. Because after that, you know, your world just starts getting smaller. If you, you know, you, you know, as you move around in your world, your world gets a little smaller. But when you're in college, it's very wide. Your your people that you can meet and the places that you can go. So I would encourage people to take advantage of this time in terms of building, you know, relationships with people, uh, 
you know, on your level who can also be mentors as well as people who can provide, you know, mentorship in other ways. And knowing what capabilities you need help with is also a good thing to do as well. You know, in some of my coaching programs, I talk to young people about how to start those conversations because speaking skills is what I teach. Some people just can't find the words to get conversations started even. And that's, you know, that's kind of where I come in to kind of get you over that hump of confidence with the actual words to say, <laughs> you know, it's not easy for everyone. Right. So I love, the, I love, the, where does figure skating fit into all of this? You are oh, gosh. A, a skilled figure skater. I am a skilled figure skater. <laughs> okay. So, um, figure skating is something that was like always very near and dear to me. Um, I remember, uh, watching Michelle Kwan in the Olympics and I was just like, there's someone in the world doing that. That's like the most incredible thing I've ever seen. And, you know, it was also like bonding time with my parents. Cause like my dad would like lay on the bed and I would like lay on his belly. Cause it was huge at the time. Now it's small, but I lay on his belly and watch the Olympics. And he would talk to me about the spins and the jumps. And he would also take me to a nearby lake every winter to make sure that I could skate. Somehow it just like never occurred to me that like what I was seeing on TV, I could go do. It was weird. It was like, okay, I had heard of cheerleading. I had heard about basketball and karate. You know, my father's doing karate. But I'm like, I've never seen people at these rinks do this. Like, who is out there doing this? So I never even asked my parents if I could, like, actually skate. But um, I just was in love with the sport, the, the way it makes my heart flutter. Like, I have been, it's like my one true love. And, like, when I graduated high school, before I got into FIT, I had all this time and also I had worked so much because I had like saving my money. So I was like, let me just go to this little local rink. You know, it was like five bucks to get in. You skate for like four hours, which in the city is like, forgot about it. But yeah, you pay five bucks, you skate all morning. And it was really a great workout for me. It was a great challenge. And, you know, I love a challenge, especially something physical to get my body moving. Like I love making my body do new things. I just, I just enjoy, um, the the grit in sport in general and figure skating is very much that I think people would say that it's like a light sport and it doesn't you know it doesn't take very much to do but it's actually the complete opposite and it's like every day that you don't do something right you want to go back and do it again until it's right and that's the healthy part about it and it also is such a help to my mental health um I can't even see myself without figure skating but I've been doing it now for about six or seven years and it's been just like my happy place wonderful I you know I, I love figure skating I just think it, it's amazing I'm not a figure skater but I've been around figure skaters and figure skating for the last 10 years with an organization that I work with called figure skating in Harlem and I have to say these young ladies opened my eyes to what figure skating really can do. And it is quite amazing. They even have synchronized figure skating uh -huh. that they do. I mean, it's just, it's just quite amazing. And, you know, there's so much out there that can be done. And it's good for us to have a place where we can go to exert some type of competitive thing within us, you know, that, that keeps us going. I mean, I swim. You know, and I just competed in my first running race on Saturday, the David oh, Dinkins gosh. 5K. 
And, you know, I, I completed it without stopping. I was so proud of myself. I hadn't done a race or anything since I was in college or something, you know? So it's been a long time and I've, it, it was really something fun to get into. I'd been running and jogging and stuff and walking during the pandemic. But uh, let's, let's get back to your, you know, I, I just, I, I ask everyone this, this is one little segment of the Thinking About Building Your Career uh, podcast that I always share with people because Michelle Obama is literally my queen and I don't know if you've read her book, Becoming, but if you haven't, start reading it today. And she says in her book that she is still figuring out what she wants to, do, to be when she grows up. Now, you've already, you know, done all of these things. How does that, how does that statement land for you? Oh my gosh. I mean, I can really relate so much. Like, oh my God, I wanted to be everything. I literally, I wanted to be a singing figure skating designer who also like (laughs) made dresses and like traveled the world. Like I wanted to do everything. So I feel like I can very much agree with that. Um, even when I do something and spend a lot of time on it, I always get new ideas. So I definitely agree with with what Michelle Obama said. I just have to streamline my ideas because yes, I mean, you have to toil away at something to reap those benefits, but, um, I definitely take full advantage of my ability to, you know, try new things on a daily basis. And I never let up. I am always trying new things. And it literally keeps me going. Because again, the challenge for me is like everything. It's what life is about. You know, (laughs) it's like what keeps me going. So let me ask you this. Tell me a little bit how you a little bit about the story about how you came to create Beauty by Ashea. I know there were many things that you tried and did before that. And give me a little run up to that because, you know, many times, oftentimes young people and I talk and they're like, oh, well, I want to do this tomorrow. And it's, there's a level of, of immediacy that is just not there. And you really do have to have some machinations before you kind of get to something that, uh, that, and that I think your story is very uh, important to share and will we'll reveal that to folks. So give me a little. Sure, of course. Um, so as I had mentioned um, earlier um, in the show, I have went to FIT to be a fashion designer. That was my major. Um, and I just, as a child, I had also mentioned earlier, I was very creative. And so I really wanted to create a fashion line. That, that was my goal to create a brand um, doing cut and sew completely from scratch the way I had learned to do it from school. You know, you start with a book, you create a sketch, you create a color story, you go to the store, you create, uh, you know, you um, curate your textures and your fabrics and um, what season is it going to be? You know, I was completely starting from scratch. And if you are also in the fashion industry, you know how scratch I'm talking about. Um, I'm talking about going to the dress form, making measurements, creating garments from scratch. And um, I had done that for about a year and I was also working like I'm always doing. And because I was like working 
and in the field and also kind of doing sampling, you know, it would take me so long to finish projects because I would sketch the design, I would put the design into pattern by hand, and then I would go to my pattern maker and, you know, you know, and then I would cut out the fabric, take it to my pattern maker, take all the pattern pieces there, have him evaluate them. We put them on the form. We do a fitting. He sews it. I come back. We do another fitting. We'd make the edits, change, pull it in here, take it out there, one eighth here, whatever it is. And then we would do that. Then he would have to reshow another. So now I'm going from sample to proto and now the proto needs the fabric and I just was like, I'm never going to finish a project like this if I'm still working full time. And I just really was enjoying it, but really needed a way to see my creativity to completion. And I don't feel like I was able to do that just at that time in my life. Right. And so I was like, well, I have all this creativity. I have everything. I know how to source. I know how to do cost breakdowns. I know you know, um, you know, what it takes to visually and, and, and tangibly create a brand. So why don't I think about beauty? And it's also funny because I'm just always been obsessed with skincare, always been obsessed with what's coming out. What is NARS doing? What is Too Faced doing? Always trying a new mascara. And I'm like, you know what? Why don't I just do it for myself? And so I did. So the same way that I learned how to source fabric, I sourced um, products and the same way that I, you know, um, sort of sourced trims, I use that same exact method to source formulas. And um, I just used what I knew to put it into beauty. And I did that through using my creative skills, my digital creativity that I also learned from school. Um, I created my website. And I, you know, it took me some trial and error to find a good formula that had good ingredients that was clean, that was also beneficial to the skin and wouldn't cause any acne breakouts. Cause I don't know what my skin looks like right now. You probably can't tell, but I break out often all the time. And so I was like, I really want to live in this brand. I want it to be like, I wear it for myself. I am my brand. And so I came up with the essential collection because I just feel like it's personal to me. You know, I'm never wearing too much makeup, but I love my essentials. I love to have a brow. I love to have uh, a lip balm. I love a little highlight and I like a mascara. And anytime I'm going through my beauty bag, I'm going through, I'm like skipping all the colors. I'm like pushing away the glitter and I'm trying to get to my mascara. You know, I'm trying to get to my brow fix. So I was like, I really felt like there was a market and a niche for people who are like me. That's just like, you know what? I know that there's 12 different categories on this other brand's website, but I'm just going to get these five things. And that's okay. Like, it's okay to stop at five. Like, why is nobody doing this? So that's what I did. And uh, people really love the brand. I feel like um, it's been perfect for the pandemic. I felt like it was timely. Um, nobody's doing too much anymore and that's okay. It's a perfect time for me to shine because I never did too much. <laughs> so it was just so fitting and personal to me. And I feel like it's true to who I am. Like if I was to put out a red, uh, you know, a, a crazy color story and, you know, you would see me and I'm not wearing any of that, you know? So I felt like it was good for me to do something um, that was a part of who I am that I could also share with other people who feel the same and just want to participate in simple, clean beauty. You know, I love it. Um, when we met, I, and I just completely loved your style and how you, how you, you, you just, you, you could kick into what people were about very quickly. 
and you could see that, you know, hey, this might work for you. And I think that when I when you told me about your beauty products line, I went and the first thing I bought was a mascara. And and I was like, oh, let me try this mascara. I need a new one. And I've been using it ever since and I completely love it. And I'm not a heavy makeup wearer, but I do wear, you know, mascara. Some. Yeah, I do wear some. And I wear mascara, but I, you know, I don't wear it every day and I'm not, you know, wearing a lot of color and all this stuff. So I, and so I do understand that kind of, you know, sensibility to, you know, just enough is enough. You know, yes. just enough is enough. And that's, and that's a really good thing. Were there any people in the beauty industry, any mentors that have, uh, that you've been working with, that you've been talking with as you've created this profitable luxury cosmetics line? Um, you know, I have to be honest, not really. Um, if anything, um, I got a lot of encouragement from fellow designers who, who also for me are just like personal friends and was like, you know, they're like, you're just, you're going to rock this. Like, you're definitely the only one doing this. You know, I haven't seen it anywhere. I'm confident that this is going to pop. It's going to be great. I can't wait to try it. And, you know, I just kind of had personal friends push me along, but, um, I'm definitely looking forward more to building, um, more of, um, mentorship in that area. Um, I'm so fashion like centered that like I don't have that yet, but it's definitely been coming along. Um, I show I was I had the pleasure of showing with Flying Solo on West Broadway in New York City, and um, there were a lot of mentors there because they it, it's a you know brick and mortar store and they carry makeup and so they were very confident in my line, gave me great tips. And so I guess if I had to point anybody as a mentor it would be um, some of the directors at Flying Solo that helped me out a lot and gave me a lot of good tips in terms of branding and marketing and that kind of thing. Good, because it's, it's always, you know, you never know where they're going to come and when they're, when they're going to show up. I mean, they didn't show up in the creation stage, but here they are now, you know, and there's always new things to do as you, as you continue to grow your, continue to grow your brand. I yes. mean, and you are just doing that Thing, and I completely love it. You know, if you would share some observations, you know, that you might have that are tips for young people, because I, I just want to point out that you said you had all of this knowledge before you even started cost breakdowns and you, you used a lot of different, you know, business language that you had in your tool bag before you got started. You know, and many times people think, oh, I'm going to start this business and they they don't have any of the, those skills. And those are, are skills that you are essential. So share with me a little of some observations that uh, you would have to share with young people who are thinking about, you know, maybe they're in a, a job right now that they that they like and they're building capabilities, but they have an idea that they want to get started. What are some, what are some, uh, what are some points that you could share? Absolutely. Um, I certainly have, you know, it's weird because as much as I have indulged in entrepreneurship, I definitely have been a workaholic for many years. 
Um, you know, I interned at a, at a knitwear company called Quinn Incorporated. They kept me extended for a couple months. And then I did like celebrity styling on Project Runway All-Stars with Julie Matos, who like taught me all about merchandising and styling. But then I also did like a legging company in New York who taught me all about the production aspect of it. That's where the cost breakdowns come in, knowing exactly how much every piece is and putting it into your spreadsheet and formulas and just the overall organization of how you should be running your business financially so that you always know where you are. Um, I got that from, you know, working at a legging company for three years. Um, and, and, you know, even some live blogging, you know, I did um, uh, blogging for um, the Garnett Report. So I did a lot of the fashion column. And so, you know, I did full beauty brands doing digital copywriting. I have worked a lot. I probably am forgetting a ton, honestly, but it's all those things that made me so confident that I'm like, I literally could run a brand by myself. I'm honestly not even worried. You know, I'm, I'm not worried. Um, and so if I had to give a tip, I would absolutely say you can go into a business um, cold. However, I highly suggest um, getting some uh, time, some skin in the game where it's not your money. You know, you're kind of you might be at that learning curve, which is fine, um, but it's going to give you the confidence, even speaking about your brand. Um, and this is where you sort of come in. You know, you work a lot with young people in speaking, and it's so important because as a brand owner, I do so much. I literally put the orders in. I'm reading the formulas. I'm searching the formulas to make sure that this is not toxic. I'm doing cost breakdowns. I'm doing packaging. I'm trying to finish my packaging designs. I'm trying to figure out the product dimensions. I'm trying to figure out which store I can get into. I'm sending out emails to stores to see if they'll pick up my brand. I'm getting in on MailChimp and making sure that people are getting my emails. This is all what I'm doing by myself. Also, going into your website, making sure that things are running smoothly and that your website is not clicky, making sure that your pictures are visible, making sure that the copywriting is good, making sure that you have an information page so that people can get to you. If someone wants to contact you to ask you something about your brand or if they want to do an interview with you or if somebody didn't get an order, they should be able to get to you. Um, and for any problem that arises, you know, when you're, when you're running a company, you do everything yourself. So sometimes I used to have this problem where people would ask me about my brand, like, oh, tell me about your brand. And I'm like, because I'm like, okay, I do the formulas. I do the copywriting. I do the photos, you know, it's like, so even having that understanding of how to verbalize your brand and why it matters to other people, all of these things come in handy when you get the confidence, you learn it from somewhere else, you take your time. And then you have those tools to bring with you in your own brand. So there's less, less of a risk to yourself. Entre entrepreneurship is always a risk. However, it's a risk that's worth it. And when you know a little something, it might get you a little farther. So I, I love it. I love it, Ashaya, because, because using what you have learned in all of the different jobs that you've had has created the confidence. And, and, I, and I do believe that sometimes people lack confidence because it, they haven't extended their wings to get some skills. And when you 
find out the skills that are really needed and you go get those skills, your confidence can soar. And it's evident that that is where you are. You know what you can do because you have done it. You've learned it. Yes. You are living it. And that there's nothing there's nothing that puts confidence on your shoulder like actually doing and seeing it come out. I mean, if that it doesn't build confidence, I don't know what does. You can't get confidence sitting in your room. Right. You just yes. can't. And I mean, it's just, I, I, it's impossible. But you would think that people think you can get confidence by meeting somebody, you know, in your room. And it is very, very hard. Absolutely. I could not agree more. Um, putting yourself in thing, in situations that you've never done before, kind of, you got to test yourself. You know, if you always cap yourself here, mm -hmm. you will never get there. And I feel like that's just kind of the way that you should absolutely think about it. I love what you said about you don't get confidence from your room. And that's so, that's so true. Definitely broaden your horizons. If something makes you uncomfortable, you should probably try it at least once. If something makes you uncomfortable, you should probably try it at least once. I got, I think we're going to end it right there. You know I mean? <laughs> okay, cool. Just, that right there is pure gold because most of the joy and the success and the, for goodness sakes, lack of a better word, income even, is on the other side of that uncomfortable feeling. And, and, that's, and that's really what it's, what it's about. Your whole sure. one jazzy life, you know what I'm saying, that you're trying to build is on the other side of getting used to being a little bit uncomfortable. So any final thoughts, Ashea? No, I just wanna thank you so much for having me. I think this is a great, um conversation and i really wish the best for everybody listening and you know whatever you want to do you can do it see yourself do it and just do a little bit of it every day and so yeah i'm really glad that you had me and this was very fun i want you to let everybody know where they can find you ashaya yes so my website is beauty by ashia.com that's b-e-a-u-t-y-b-y-a-s-h-e-e-a.com uh, my instagram is the same you can find me on instagram at beauty by ashia and or if you're interested in the figure skating you can follow me at my ice diary that's it no fancy underscores or anything and that's it i'm happy to make friends with everybody I will Thank make you. sure that all of that is in the, is, is in the show notes. Ashia. Awesome. Okay, okay cool. We'll do that. So thank you everyone for listening. And if you are interested in learning more or you are feel some fear about building your career, please do reach out to me at uh, the real Janice Saunders on Instagram and, and let's get the conversation started because I want you to be a confident speaker and confident speakers go out there and build boss ass professional careers. So thank you, Ashia, and uh, have a great day, everyone. Thank you so much, bye. I hope each of you enjoyed this webinar and learned a few gems you can use on your professional journey. 
for more inspiration and information to build the career of your dreams, follow me on Instagram at the real Janice Saunders. Until then, be busy being who you want to be and living a lifestyle that suits you just fine.